Hello and welcome to episode 1218 of The Sleeper and the Bust. It is Monday, September 18th. I'm your host, Paul Spore, joined this morning by Justin Mason. Justin, good morning, sir. Good morning. Two weeks to go, baby. Two weeks to go and you're chasing a lot, man. How's it going? Where are the nerves at right now on a, on a one to ten scale? Uh, I'd say they're at a good eight right now. Um, you got a dollar left, I see there on yeah, the sign. In, in both my main and my auction. I, I told I told Danielle, like, hey, you know, Fab's a lot easier when you have $3. Like, Go, It goes really quick. Don't have to do a bunch of research, you know. I basically did my call with Greg last night for Greg because he's mm -hmm. chasing down the main. I'm like... I'm, 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 I'm still making my moves. You know, I picked up Sawyer Gibson long. We're going to talk a little bit about him later. I know you guys talked about him on yesterday's pod, but we're going to spin it forward a little bit with some tiger starters. But, uh, yeah, it's a lot easier, uh, when the money's out, you know, even if you're competing, if the money's out, you don't have that many options. Do I go two on this guy? That's my big spend of the week. Um, so did, were you only dollar bids this week? Yeah, I, in my main, I had $2 left. I decided that I would put a dollar bid on, you know, one guy. Um, I was dropping Austin Meadows and trying to pick up an outfielder who's actually going to hit his body weight. Um, Meadows. Sorry, Parker Meadows. Yes. <laughs> he's, he's hitting like Austin after, yeah, hitting, after a yeah. fast start. He's stealing bases, which is nice, mm -hmm. but not really doing much else. And, uh, and I need batting average in, in, in a lot of leagues. So, uh, yeah, I dropped uh, I dropped Parker Meadows for a one dollar Jorge Soler, which felt pretty damn good. Only a buck. Wow. Half my league has no money left. That, that's like, what. That, yeah, that's that's true. That's what it is. It's just people are broke as hell. Mm -hmm. Um, because you know, obviously, that Soler has appeal, but if you don't have any money, doesn't matter yeah. how appealing he is if if you can't actually afford him, uh, that's not that's not going to matter. So. You are in the mix in both your main and the auction championship. Um, mm -hmm. So it's a and, lot. And Tout Wars. Yeah. I mean, I'm so, like four point. Brett Sayer has been dominating our Tout Wars league, and I have reeled him in. I'm like four and a half points behind him. Uh, I don't know that I can catch weeks, him. Man. But, uh, like, yeah, it's, uh, it's going to be nerve wracking. And mm -hmm. uh, I, I was going to try to quit smoking. Uh, and then I made the decision last week. I was like, I'm going to wait till October 2nd. I'll quit on October 2nd. And because um, there's no way there's no like uh, yeah. I am smoking <laughs> nonstop. I want to be the friend who encourages you to, to do it ASAP. I, I as with two parents who smoked. I understand, you know, the, the nature of the addiction and the situations that uh, that the cigarettes become a bit of a security blanket in, in a nerve wracking situation like this. I, I'll just say, I get it. I'd still like you to quit ASAP, but I totally, totally get it. Yeah. It, I, it's going to be a hell of a two weeks and everyone out there chasing titles. Good luck. How do you deal with, how do you deal with process versus results? You had one last week that we talked about where you sat Josiah Gray, a, a very logical, viable scenario because he can easily hurt you. Right. How do you deal with looking at him drop nine Ks on your bench against Pittsburgh versus knowing that that could have easily been nine earned runs? Like, yeah. how do you balance that without kicking yourself too much and saying, I'm a stupid idiot and, you know, freaking out too much. It was actually 10 Ks, but again, could have been yeah. 10 earned the way he pitches. How do you deal with that down the stretch here when every move feels like the world? I, I mean, I think it's easier to do in hindsight. Like I'm sure at the end of the season, I'll look at things and go, uh, you know what? That was the right decision. I, maybe not, though, because like it still burns me that I sat Robbie Grossman in 2020 in the last week of the season. He stole three bases, and oh, that was the God. difference between me cashing my main and not cashing my main. Um, so, like, I mean, it's easy to like tell yourself, like, oh, it's the right process, and you know, it shouldn't bother me, but. Like I'm an emotional guy and I want to win. And, uh, mm -hmm. and especially when you're talking about leagues that you really care about, whether that's because of the money involved or because of the people involved, uh, it burns. Like it just, it absolutely burns. And, uh, I I'd like to be the guy who says, Oh, you know what? I don't care about the results. I, I absolutely care about the of course results. You, care about the results. you know, yeah. the results are really all that matters to me. 
Um, I want to have a good process. I should only care about the process, but I don't. I, I'm, I'm not going to sit here in line and be like, oh, you know, if if it cost me 10 grand, like, oh, at least I had the right process. No, <laughs> well, yeah. I want the money. Like, I, you know. So. Be, again, I, I've likened it to poker, and I, I do think it's a lot like that, though, where, you know, over time, you got to just keep putting out the right process. And if it's a good process, it will net the results. But yeah, yeah looking at six yeah, and a third, two runs. There's nothing worse than leaving a casino and being like, well, I had the right process, but I'm down a grand. But but my pocket's empty. Exactly. I I get it. I get it. Um, But if you play a lot of poker, you know you've had to do that sometimes Mm -hmm. where you say, okay, I got it. I got in with the best of it by a lot. I got sucked down on the river. You can absolutely be upset and annoyed by that. But to actually have success in that game, you have to understand that you're going to be on the wrong end of that sometimes. And you're going to be on the right end of it sometimes too. You get in with the worst of it and you come out clean. So um, here's hoping that you get in with the best of it and you bring it home here in these final two weeks. Let's talk a couple uh, news and notes. And I want to get into looking ahead at three different teams uh, by way of, of some groupings. We're going to look at some Tigers young pitchers, as I mentioned earlier, some Reds young bats, and some of the non-Acuna Braves superstars. Uh, that they've that they've cultivated this year, guys that were already established, but also maybe some that have rebounded or or reached a new level. But let's start with Tanner Bybee. Looks like it's looking like his season's probably over um, with with his injury issue that he's dealing with. And so obviously we're spinning it forward. Then this hip injury, we don't really know if it's going to be anything more than you know it's hip inflammation. I don't believe that this is going to carry into next year or anything. But they're toast, so there's no reason for them to push him. What do you think about Tanner Bybee next year coming off of this rookie season? A 298 ERA, 118 whip, and 141 Ks with 10 wins um, in, what was it, like 150, 142 innings. Yeah, I mean, I'll start with the injury. Like, I don't think this is a real big issue. Uh, yeah. I, I And I, I would not be surprised if Gavin Williams or Logan Allen come up with some sort of season-ending injury here in the next few days. They, you know, mm-hmm. these guys have carried this guardians team uh you know in in a season where they really expected to be carried by guys who've ended up on the il so uh, uh bieber and mckenzie who are actually interestingly kind of yeah. working their way back i don't know if they're gonna get you know a little start a few major league innings you know how i like that though when they end the season on the mound so if those two do actually at least get to go out there and throw a few innings that that will uh that will hearten me a little bit for both their stocks next year but you're right they've been carried by these rookies and it's been unfortunate because kind of wasted these great rookie seasons from all these these pitchers here as they sit 72 and 78 remember when i think it was gavin williams was the first one or maybe it was logan allen was the first one up and we were like well where do they go once you know their other guys get healthy yeah how are they gonna fit all of them (laughs) how are they gonna fit all of them well they they figured it out you know unfortunately it was in a uh because they had too many injuries but uh yeah so as far as bybee goes in terms of next year i mean he's a guy that i'm gonna be extremely interested in uh, I don't know that he's going to have the hype of a lot of the other uh, pitching prospects, but he's been unreal good. I mean, we're talking about a guy who's, you know, limited home runs under a home run per nine, mm-hmm. uh, a 7.5% walk rate, a 24% strikeout rate. I still think there's more strikeout upside. For sure. IB as I was going to well. ask you that. And I, yeah. I, think, I think he can absolutely deliver more. We're just seeing the beginnings here and, he's Bybee seems like a potential superstar. I I really believe that. What I think Bybee has that maybe a lot of the other pitching prospects don't have. And we've seen this with like Yuri Perez down the stretch, uh, kind of struggling is Bybee has a pretty safe floor. Um, Mm -hmm. you know, like I don't expect him to be a guy that maybe he's not an ace next year. Um, but I don't expect him to be a bust either. So I may end up having him higher, than some other guys, especially in, in deeper leagues, um, because I think that his floor is so so much safer because his command is so good. So uh, because of that, I may end up take, putting Bybee above guys I really love in Yuri Perez and maybe even like a Bobby Miller or someone like that, just because I think that floor is so safe. It's going to be really, really fun to kind of dive into the entire uh, rookie pitching landscape for their sophomore yeah. seasons because the simple fact is all of them will not 
be great again. I'm, next I'm year. sure we will do an entire episode on Absolutely. just sophomore pitchers. Yeah, know, because there, there's enough to go in for, yeah. for an hour plus for sure. Chase Silseth had a meager rehab start, probably going to be done because obviously they're not going anywhere. You guys talked about Shohei's done for the year. Yeah. Obviously, the Angels have wilted. Um, again, I really do think it was injury more than construction this year. I, I, I cannot harp that enough. I know that they've had, you know, they, they, they've gotten deserved heat for the way they've played these Trout and Otani years, right? But I really think they had a team that could have held up until all the injuries hit. And it's so many. Go look at their B-Ref page, and you see all the guys, like, once they go on the IL, they put in, in parentheticals that they're on the IL, and they debold their name. Half of their starting lineup, because the, the, the top guys on B-Ref are the uh, most played at that position, half of it is on the IL right now. It's unbelievable. But with Silseth, somebody I really liked, doesn't get the the acclaim of like a Reed Detmers, even a Patrick Sandoval, but came up, really started to look good. Obviously took that batted ball to the head, dealing with the concussion and and the comeback. Again, three and a third, uh, uh, I think it was three and a third in the minors. Doesn't look like he's going to come back. Is he somebody, Chase Silset, that you're looking at next year? Excuse me, it was three hits in a third uh, at, at the Reno Aces. So it was an uninspired rehab stint for him. I don't think there's any reason to bring him back necessarily outside of maybe for two innings or something. So it's all 2024 outlook on Silseth. Did he do enough this year to, to get on your radar? I mean, he's on my radar. I think a lot of it's going to depend on what the Angels do in the offseason. Is this like a, a full teardown where they They're start? They're going to contract. Yeah, <laughs> they might need to. Uh, and it's such a bummer of a story, the Angels, just in general. Yeah. I mean, not just because... Of Otani and Trout, but of course that is like the biggest part of it being a bummer. Like you had so many seasons of them together, and they they never saw the playoffs. Um, but it's more a matter of like they're going to be used as an example of why you just don't throw money out at free agency, and like why you like like you know oh look it's not about spending money, it's about you know it's about saving money and in. Because you're going to see teams like the, like the Rays who make the playoffs and the Orioles who make the playoffs who didn't go out and spend at the trade deadline, didn't go out and spend in free agency, make the playoffs, and teams are going to be like, oh, we want to be them. And of yeah. course you want to be them. But You'd love to be the Orioles. They have uh, opening what looks like it could be a long window. Yeah. Uh, it's just, yeah, it's unfortunate that, because, I mean, you want it, like, as much as I know Artie Moreno gets a lot of crap for being Artie Moreno, like, you want an owner who's going to go spend money, like, and, and he was willing to do that. But you want to just write the checks and fuck off. Yeah. He's got much. a little Jerry, uh, not a little, he got a lot of Jerry Jones syndrome in him where he wants to be in the mix and making the decisions. Let your people that you hire to do that, do that, and then you just sign the checks. That's yeah. the real way to play I it. And I think that that's where he he goes he goes awry. But again, I look at that team and I'm like, I like the moves that they did. I like that they pushed in instead of trading Otani. That was the right move. And then you know, going back to that poker analogy, I mean, I think they got in maybe not with the best of it, but they got in good. And then the injuries just yeah. overwhelmed their lineup, and they can recover. No, no team could have recovered from that losing all no. of those guys. There, there's there's just no way. So not especially so, so, not. Especially not in that division that just so exactly I mean, outside of it's much uh, deeper. The A's, like I mean, you've you've got three potential playoff teams in that division. So yep. Uh, as far as Silth Seth goes, he'll be a guy that's on my radar. But I want to like it looks like without Otani, they're going to move to a five man rotation, which is good. I, I want to see yeah. that. I mean, they've been running I think pretty much a five man rotation, you know, since Otani, uh, you know, hurt his UCL, um, and we assume that Otani's never coming back to Anaheim unless it's as uh, a player on a different team visiting the stadium. So yeah. uh, he, he got out of there pretty quick once they decided he's going on the IL. Uh, I don't know. Silseth is kind of a, a meh pitcher to me. Uh, How dare you? You know, he doesn't have very good command. He walks a few too many guys. He does have strikeouts, but... Uh, I mean, I guess if we saw some tightening of the command, especially, I would feel a little bit better about him. But I don't know. There seems to be this love of him in the industry that I don't think quite matches. I, I don't know up. that. I don't know that it is in the industry. I think it's from me that you have projected okay, to the rest of the industry because I, I love him. I do love him, and I, I think he's really good. Well, why don't you tell me why? Because what I see is a I see a guy who's got mediocre stuff. 
you've hit on some of the flaws. Yeah, uh, he doesn't I, have I, great I think, controller command. Uh, you know, strikeouts strikeouts are there, but like I don't think there's a big jump coming either. So I don't know. Twenty three, really kind of learning on the job, right? Like has forty innings at AAA, eighty at at AA. Um, you know, fast riser, which is now the the Angels' mo with the way they've been drafting lately. I see a guy with a deep arsenal. Swing and miss in his game. Yes, the command issues are certainly there. Walk rate, home run rate, both a problem this year. Although I will say that you could maintain that he could maintain a 1-7 uh, homer 9 and still have a 4-10 ERA. It's pretty impressive. Uh, but that's probably more some good favor than it is yeah. a, a true skill. But he keeps the ball down as well. Despite that home run issue, he has a 1-7 ground ball to fly ball ratio, 50% ground balls. So I think there's some elements there that really work. I would have a lot more confidence in Silseth in so many different organizations that aren't the Angels. I will say that that's not something that I love, that he's an Angel, because I don't have a ton of faith in their pitching development. But I do think there's a lot of upside there, and I don't think he's going to cost much. So if I can get somebody who I think can throw a buck 50, buck 60 next year with the same number of strikeouts, if not more, and a decent ERA, I'm willing to take that shot. The whip still might not be there next year at 24 for Silseth if he doesn't improve the command and control. But if he takes an incremental step there, then I think we're talking about somebody who is, you know, uh, even above a team streamer, somebody you're playing pretty much all the time. So I don't know. I think a deep arsenal swing and miss stuff is a good foundation for a young arm. And I continue to like Chase Silseth. And I, I've been in, encouraged by what I've seen out of the, this year's uh, 48 innings. Are we downplaying the bad whip? Because there's a 128 whip, um, and I just don't know if he's got the control and command to make That's that. That's not that better. bad for an 11% walk rate, to be honest. Um, it's not good, but it is still sub 130. He could end up, and I, I specifically did not mention whip when I said, you know, good ERA, good case, because I do think it could be one of those guys that has a sub 4 ERA, but a uh, a upper 120s maybe even low 130s whip you seem and to like talk the about angels pitchers that have bad whips well that's just the angels pitchers you don't even have to yeah. add that tagline because that just seems to be them but yes but i did quit one of them you know i moved on from sandoval this year pretty early good for but you. i am a big reed detmers guy uh and i do like griffin canning so you're right guilty as charged yeah. there I, I again i do think they've got some talent and uh, we both, like Jose Suarez, thought he could do something this year. We thought he could actually be a whip guy, though. I, th I he, thought he was going to be the best control. pitcher on that staff. I was all, I was what a meltdown, man. Will you buy back in on him next year? It's just a lost year. He's 20, 26. It was 27 innings of dog shit. I mean, do you just throw that out for Suarez and buy back in? If if he's angling for a rotation job, we don't know that yet. But let's assume. Yeah, that's, that's Would you buy part. back in at a buck? Yeah, Late sure. Why not? Yeah, why? I mean, yeah, I mean more than that. In a draft champions, like you're talking That's about a guy saying. going outside the top like 45 rounds, like yeah, yeah, why not? I'll throw throw a buck on him and see what happens. I mean, at worst, he could be a really effective like two or three inning reliever. Um, That's so. true. They might not need him as a starter. They've actually really cultivated, you know, with the remember they had the one draft where they took literally all start uh, all pitching, and they've really been focused on here and now guys in the draft which is not usually the way you draft in baseball but it is kind of working for them they bring these guys up and they are ready to go um they might not need suarez in the rotation so we'll keep tabs on that for next wonder, year but i wonder if the angels switch draft strategies now that otani's gonna be gone and you think they have to right? it feels like trout could get traded might like, be gone too yeah might be gone too like you would think that okay now we, we've tried this advanced bats advanced arms type of uh profile in terms of our cost guys so maybe now we we go back to your traditional like hey we're chasing some upside and some yeah. longer term guys i think that would make some sense it, it made sense to go this route with the two guys that they had oh, yeah. as they were trying to Absolutely. capitalize on the window and they did get some good hits but yeah i think they might shift back toward standard uh standard draft practices frankie montas through an inning rehab again don't really expect too much out of him down the stretch here. I think even if he came back with the Yankees, it would just be to get a feel back for a major league mound and throw a few innings. I'm not advocating picking him up, but I'm curious on where you're at with Frankie Montas for next year. Total lost season, gonna be dirt cheap even as a Yankee. Um, well, what I do don't think, think? He, he's oh, not. Wait, wait, yeah, yeah, yeah. He's, sorry, he's sorry. He's done. He's free agent. So I know that that will play a big role in it. Let's just say he goes somewhere neutral. Because if he goes somewhere that's good on pitching development, that's going to raise his stock for sure. If he if he goes to some pitcher friendly park, then he'll probably, or I mean, a hitter friendly park, he'll probably be pushed down the board. So let's just call it neutral on Montas. 
Are you going to be back in on what should be a pretty uh, rock bottom discount? Yeah, I mean, I would assume he's going to be extremely cheap. I mean, a lot of it depends on where he ends up. Uh, but uh, yeah, I mean, he can't end up in a worse pitching park or, you know, there aren't very many worse pitching parks than Yankee Stadium. So mm-hmm. I would assume it's going to be a, a bump in value a little bit for, to him unless he ends up back in Oakland, uh, you know, on a team that can't win games. So I'd actually be OK with that, though, because the park I would, is so, so, nice. far, so great. Yeah. And he I mean, he, he was really good. In, he was in good Oakland, there, man. So, uh, Big Montas fan. Yeah, I mean, I. I've always loved Montas. I've always thought he has, you know, front of the rotation stuff. And uh, it's a matter of if he can stay healthy. Uh, mm-hmm. and, you know, I couldn't, I completely throw out, uh, you know, end of last year, this entire year. And it's uh, injured. Yeah. It's yeah. injury washout. Like that, there, there's no reason to like hold the 635 ERA with the Yankees against him. As we talk about often, that's built into the price. You don't need to double count it. Now, if you're worried about the injuries, sure, but. You're taking risks at that point, and yeah. I just don't see a world where Montas is anywhere close to expensive. I think even if he goes somewhere like Cleveland or or you know Tampa Bay, a place that we do love where pitchers go, I still don't think his price would become cost prohibitive. I, th- I still think no, Montas I mean, would be look at like affordable. Eflin was still yeah. even with all the hype Eflin got, like Eflin yep. was still really really cheap. Uh, and that turned out, you know, he was a guy very similar profile of, you know, really, really good stuff with a questionable role in Philadelphia and inability to stay on the the mound. And, you know, yeah, he's had a couple bumps in terms of, I think, at the aisle early on in the season. But other than that, like, he's been that, amazing. Definitely. Like he's, you know, he's been fantastic. Uh, so uh, to think if if a guy like Montas ended up in a place like Tampa Bay, I would be totally fucking on board. And I don't think yeah. you'd have to spend very much. No, I think it'd be even be cheaper than, than Eflin, to be honest, because Eflin was coming off of pitching at least, yeah. right? It wasn't a great season, but he had at least 75, 80 innings last year that you could go off of with Montas. You're looking at maybe two or three if he gets back next week or something. Um, all right, let's go ahead and take a big look ahead here on these team groups. Let's start with, Tigers pitching, and obviously I'm a Tigers fan, so I was excited to put this together because uh, it feels like they're actually building something here and finally putting some pitching together. Now, it does include one of the guys that was supposed to be here, and that's Tariq Skubal, but the other two, not as well known. I'm not going to say Casey Mize. I'm not talking Jackson Job yet. Matt Manning doesn't, I mean, I'm not sure he could miss uh, our bats if we were up against him. <laughs> he might get us out on a ground out, but my man cannot miss bats. So we're not talking about the guys that were supposed to be here outside of Scooble. We're throwing in Reese Olsen, who's been a, a second half stud for folks down the stretch here. And then Sawyer Gibson Long, who I mentioned at the beginning. You guys talked about him yesterday. Your guest, Tyler London, as well as Jason Collette. They were a little more tepid on him. You seem to be more into him, at least for the rest of this season. But let's spin it forward here. What do you think of this Tigers trio? Uh, are they actually putting some things together here with Scooble, Olsen, and Gibson Long? And then we'll get into uh, them individually. Are you excited about the Tigers pitching future here, especially because of the park that they pitch in? I, I mean, I you've got to be. I, I think you have to be. And I think, um, yeah, I think Jason and Tyler both kind of undersold uh, Gibson Long. Like, he's got really good command um and like this stuff isn't overpowering but he mixes it really well he's not like one of these young pitchers who comes up and oh, i got one really good pitch and i'm gonna throw it Here all it the is. time <laughs> like he he's got i think two pretty good pitches and a, a third average pitch that yeah. he'll kind of throw at any time um which is you know really really nice considering you know he's a guy who you know seven and a half percent walk rate uh, really good at, at not giving up home runs the park obviously helps the division helps i mean i i like I like him a lot. Reese Olsen to me seems like, I don't know, just an average dude. Like, really? Yeah. I thought thought you were going to end up uh, gassing him up a little bit. I like Reese Olsen. Yeah. I I mean, the command is a little bit shaky for me. Um, I mean, he does have a pretty full arsenal, which is nice, but Mm -hmm. I I do worry about that command a little bit. And um, I had some relief concerns coming in and i'm not yeah. saying that those are all gone because of a, a rookie season right i got a guy can you know uh come back to earth and then all of a sudden you're looking at him as a uh, as a reliever yet again but i do think that there is i think, I think there's a little bit more there with with results I, I get your point about the command it's been a little wobbly and he's had some bad outings 
But if you look at it, uh, you know, on the whole there, and maybe some skippable ones too, right? Like the, the really bad start against the Cubs, you could have gotten away from that. I don't know if it was part of a two-start yeah. week or not, but like the Cubs are good enough that you could have avoided them. Um, and then the, the Twins one, you might have worn that one because he had been so good against them to start before. And even though, even though we know that that doesn't mean he'll be good against them in the next start, you still have it in your mind. Oh, he went six scoreless, eight Ks. So you start him against Minnesota the second time, and he goes two and two thirds, eight hits, four runs for Reese Olsen. Uh, but those, the, the most recent four, if if you started him for those down the stretch, then you love Reese Olsen. By the way, that's another thing I want to talk about real quick. As you're in these fights here, how do you balance not overvaluing a guy who really helps you down the stretch the following year? So like if let's say you got Reese Olsen on uh August 28th and you've gotten these four starts, how do you make sure that you you stay tempered on somebody like that next year uh when he was your fantasy god down the stretch? Uh I mean I, is that I mean, something I that you even deal with? I'm sorry, I interrupt you before you can answer, but do you even deal with that? Do you ever find yourself like raising a guy? He was he was my guy down the stretch. I raise him 10 extra ranks or anything. Do you ever find yourself engaging in that phenomenon because i do sometimes i i don't think it's the guys down the stretch that didn't a lot for me because i'm pretty good at, at, at kind of compartmentalizing things and and in separating i think it's the guys that i was like unless it was a guy like hey say suzuki i think it was a really good example last year Our of boy. a guy who i was really in on him coming into the season he struggled most of the season and then he finished really strong and i went okay he he was a guy I already believed in. He finished really strong. I'm you know I'm gonna uh, you know go all in on him again. And the only reason I didn't have him on like every team was because he got that uh, you know kind of late spring injury and kind of yep, bailed the me oblique. out. Uh, but had he not gotten that, he would have been on every single one of my. He's teams. been great, by the way. Just to and throw he, that he's in, he's doing Suzuki. he's doing the exact same thing I'm, all I'm over again. Fully back in next yeah, year on Seiya Suzuki. Let me just uh, put that out front there. So so you don't necessarily. You, you, if Reese Olsen was carrying your team right now, you would not be finding yourself elevating him maybe uh, too much. You do not suffer from that phenomenon. That's good because you, no. you do want to temper that. And again, I'm not saying I, I rank somebody 20 spots higher than I thought, but I give him, you know, I, I give him the tiebreakers basically because I got I think, some favoritism toward them. I think too, like, you know, and I know I talked a lot about this kind of early in draft season and in late in draft season as well. Uh, but doing the projections, I think for me, yeah really helped kind of cancel out some of the noise because there were and it it's when i the my real successes this year have been when i stayed true to okay i i did my numbers right and then i put them in the program the program told me this is how much the player is worth and when i stuck to that and i didn't reach on guys that i had love affairs with like jared kelnick and jordan walker um <laughs> Like my my teams turned out really really good. You just you just um, sent us into the fire to take Jordan Walker. Well, no, I did too. No, I'm just know, messing with you. I'm yeah, just messing like, with you. But you didn't get outsized with it once he was guaranteed the job. Yeah, uh, he didn't go skyrocketing up your rankings because you had already put him for like a you know a decent yeah. uh, sample size there. So, you know, it is about kind of tempering your expectations, uh, your excitement on some guys, even the ones that you really really like. And I do yeah. think that the hand handmade projections that we did helped us with that and obviously you're having a Absolutely. wonderful season i'm not having as good of a season but i'm i'm still pretty happy with how things have turned out uh in the midst of the the early start let's talk scuba yeah oh, go, the, ahead, the, go ahead yeah because the, the guy we haven't mentioned is the one i'm going to be the highest on this is the dude every i think everybody's yes. going to be high and on him the rotowire pod scott and, and um jeff last night talked about him and they were talking about how you know, he's going to be sky high. And I was in the chat saying, and I'm going to be driving that train. Yeah. So yeah, I have no problem hyping this guy up, not just as a Tigers fan, but because I fully believe in what, what Tariq Skubal has been able to do. How high are we talking next year? Are we talking uh, top 30 starter, you think? I mean, he's been oh. amazing. I, I think he's going to be a top 20 starter. I, okay. I mean, I, I, um, I don't know that I'm going to be willing to take him there, but... I think he's going to be in the top 20. Uh, and uh, when you said top 30, before you said starter, I was like, oh, top 30 pick. I could see it. I mean, the hard part is like, what do you project him for innings next year? You're not going to project him to throw 100 more innings than he threw this year. So 
Um, actually, yeah, I would. I, I don't think they're going to baby him at all. Yeah, wow. absolutely. He's 27 years old. He's reached a peak of 149 in the majors. You go off of that peak. You don't go off of last year. Unless they actually see any reason to believe that it's going to break him, which I don't know why they would. I don't know that a the, pretty violent delivery. And like, I mean, he does, that, that's just yeah. going to be the risk all the time with. Yeah. Google then. I, I mean, don't I know that at 27. I think, I, gonna, I think they turn him loose a bit. Yeah. I think I project, I'll probably project him for around 150. Um, I was thinking 160. So, you know, uh, yeah. and you said 100 more. He has 69 right now. So if we're talking between 150 and 165 ish, let's call it, um, I can be on the higher end of that. And you're talking 31% K rate this year, 5% walk rate, 14% swinging strike. Those are all better than last year's marks, which were 25, 7, and 12. And those were good marks. So even if you bring them back down to those marks over a full season, you got no problem with that. And the beauty here, and he showed this in 2022, Scooble did, is he's really quelled that home run issue. Yeah. And he showed that it wasn't just home run to fly ball suppression. He has that again this year, an 8% home run to fly ball, but that's because of the way he's pitching as opposed to just getting lucky. He completely shifted from a heavy fly ball home run guy to a ground ball home run suppressor. And in that park, it is really elevated Scooble. And I agree with you. I think he is he has a chance to be put into the top 20 of some people's rankings for sure. Yeah. Among and starters I mean, at least. Like I said, I don't know that he's going to end up there for me, but he, he absolutely could. Like he is... He's been great at limiting walks. He's been great at limiting home runs, and he's getting a ton of strikeouts. Pitches in good Bilo's up park. Yeah, like and, almost and two miles. Again, this is another one of these guys uh, that, like, he doesn't have to rely on one pitch. Like, he can throw any pitch at any time, uh, and he's got a full arsenal. Like, injury is my only concern with him. We do have the Tommy John honeymoon, so you know, I, I'm probably. I definitely have an uneasy feeling about him just because he has been injured so much early on in his career, but he should be healthy. Um, yeah, I, I'm going to get overly excited about, about Scooble at some point, and it, it's probably going to be uh, a little insane. So um, You might get pushed out, though, because we're not going to be unique here at all. Yeah. Uh, well, yeah, and the th thing there's is, there's going to be hype. There's a lot of young pitchers, and you can't hype That's them true. all. Like you, That's you know, true. like and so maybe there will be drafts where he doesn't go as high because other people are excited about the Yuri Perez's and Bobby Miller's and and guys like that. that and the Cleveland guys yeah. and the Cleveland guy. Like I mean, there's like it, it's so interesting because I did the Tout Wars mock draft. I think it was six rounds, mm -hmm. and the thing I said afterwards was, in spite of all the injuries to starting pitching this year. There's still an amazing crop of young, good, intriguing starting pitching for next year, um, and so uh, it, it's just going to be a really, really fun draft season. I, I mean, I really think it's going to be an absolute blast. I can't wait. Um, Grayson Rodriguez or Trey Scooble? Scooble. I don't think that one's actually close. I, I like Grayson Rodriguez, but I think oh, Grayson Rodriguez man. belongs in that young pitcher. You know, we're hoping it's going to take another step forward uh, and i think scoobles already there i think scoobles is the step forward that we want to see grayson rodriguez take scoobles is ahead of him in, in the development i would i would agree with that i think grayson's uh second half is going to put him in a similar draft range i think we're going to see top 30 top 35 push but again like you said you can't put them all there so some guys are going to have to be in the 40s and there's going to be pockets of value in the 40s and 50s among starters that are going to be big names relatively big names mm -hmm. we're like damn this guy's down here because he's just got crowded out let alone the guys who are going to come back from injury and add to the pool so it's going to be wild i kind of i kind of can't wait to get into it but as, as i was talking to you before we started the show i'm also ready for the decompression month that is october so we will point out right now to those who are listening, which I know is mostly just those that are still contending in their leagues. Uh, we'll go to once a week in October. It'll be it'll be a slowdown month, and then we'll dial it back up in November. But we like to take kind of that decompression month. Justin's going to be uh, Scrooge McDucking into all his winnings, and I'm going to be uh, cr crying. And my, and my projections. I'm going to be like. I'll be in my projections for sure. Maybe I'll do um, some like stuff for like the Discord. Like I know like Nick does like a daily like oh I'm gonna like live stream like me going through projections and stuff. Maybe I'll do maybe I'll steal his idea 
uh, and do that for for the Discord. So for those of you in the uh, Yoink in the and Patreon Twist, Discord, yeah, it's uh, it, it's a, a YouTuber I like called named Ludwig. He talks about the Yoink and Twist, where you take an idea but you put your own twist on it. So mm-hmm. take Nick's idea, but then you do something a little bit different than that, and so I'll, then you're I'll not do it just, in the Justin Mason bathing suit. That's, Boom. That's there, there's the twist, the yoink mm-hmm. and twist. So it's perfect. Uh, all right. So yeah, we like those Tigers young arms, obviously to certain, you know, t- to different varying levels there. Scooble, you're paying the full premium. Reese Olsen's going to be one of those later round guys. And then even if Sawyer Gibson Long puts up two more big stars, he's still going to be remarkably cheap next year. So I, yeah. I don't think you have to worry too much about that. Let's talk these Reds young bats because obviously they were the hottest thing going at a certain point in the summer. And that has really come back to earth as we should have, of course, expected. But in the moment, it's really difficult to see it, right? You're just so enamored with how great they are. It's easy to be super excited. And I'm not just talking Ellie, who we're going to obviously get into. But of course, Matt McClain ended up getting hurt. He didn't slow down. He just got hurt. Um, you know, Spencer Steer's been there all year. And he's just had a, you know, an excellent year. He hasn't been off the charts, but he's been damn good. Uh, and then maybe the latest flavor of the month for them is Christian Encarnacion Strand, who might be raising his draft stock down the stretch with some quality work. He and Noel V. Marte are the two that are actually playing well here a bit down the stretch while Ellie has uh, sputtered and uh, McLean is on the IL. But let's start with Ellie De La Cruz, right? He's the biggest one. I think we did an episode where we asked if people are going to take him in the first or second round um, because that's where that's that's where the talk was at the moment. Oh, my God, this guy, power speed. He's the greatest player ever. Obviously, the swing and miss was always an issue. I mentioned it at the time that we had to be nervous about that. But now here we are face-to-face with it. He's hitting 235. He's got an 82 WRC plus, but he still has 11 homers and 29 steals. So the fantasy heat is still there for Ellie. But how do you, what do you make of his season since he's had the real come down? Do you think he readjusts to the league or is he going to be one of these mega volatile guys? Because if you look at it by month, it really was only the June that was good from a rate standpoint. July, August, and September have actually been legitimately awful. They're all under 700 OPSs, sliding down 686, 663, 517. So what do you do with Ellie off of the uh, half-plus season that we've seen? Oh, man. Um, I I hope people want to fade him. Um, I don't think they're going to want to. No, I don't think I so think, I think other people are going to think that too. Everyone's going to fade. We're all going to kind of talk ourselves into that. So I'm going to take him here. And it's like, wait a minute. He's already gone. If he's yeah, there in somebody... the third round, like I, I don't know how I'm gonna pass him up. Like I just, uh, he makes league average zone contact. Yeah, he does swing outside of the zone a little bit too much, and I think he needs to be more aggressive at the plate. I think that's one of his main issues. He's got like a 61% zone swing rate, um, and I'd love to see him get that up like towards 70. Uh, but he just he crushes the ball. He's got amazing speed. He's a good defend, a good defender. Like. Um, everything is in line. Yeah. Everything is in line for him to just be an absolute superstar. Uh, and I, I, my projections for him, uh, are going to feel insane. Uh, I know they are like, I haven't done them yet and I know they are. So it's going to be a different, different construction here. When I say this name, it's not a one-to-one, but when you talk about an insane projection that we were like, are we sure this is right? Corbin Carroll. Remember the numbers yeah. that were spitting out um, when we were putting everything in for him? And it was like, can I really do this? Can I put this guy down for like 20, 50? Um, and by the way, that's almost exactly what Ellie's 88 yeah. games extrapolates to. With 11 homers, 29 steals, it extrapolates over 162 to 20 and 53. Do you think you're going to be somewhere around that? Maybe a little bit higher on the homers even perhaps. I don't know that I'll be higher on the homers just because the ground ball rate is so drastic. Like true, he he just hits so much on the ground. But yeah, I do think I'm going to be somewhere around that. And uh, and you know, let's let's look back. You know, and of course hindsight being 2020, but that was right on Corbin Carroll. Corbin Carroll That's what has I'm That's what I'm saying. That's what I'm saying. runs and 47 yep. uh, stolen bases. Like, uh, I mean, he's a legit five category stud. Um, and uh, and is going to be a first round pick, and I think there is uh, a really high likelihood that Ellie De La Cruz is a first round pick heading into twenty twenty five. So, um, you know, the other thing that you know I want to point out too is is Ellie De La Cruz is dual eligible at short and third. 
Um, that's huge because the third like, base eligibility is that that's that's another level. I almost like that more than the shortstop eligibility. Well, and I mean, remember what happened last year? We were like, oh, shortstop, so good, so good. But then there's a huge drop off, like this massive mm-hmm. drop off. And we felt that massive drop off. Like unless you like backdoored your way into uh, a CJ Abrams or someone like that, like or a Haseon Kim, like you've been hurting at shortstop if you did not get one of the you know really good guys. So um, yeah. and even some of the really good guys, I mean, Trey Turner struggled almost the entire season obviously he's turned it around and and been trade turner but uh like having that dual eligibility is so valuable especially in constructing the rest of your team because you know you're going to have flexibility you know at the top of your draft so um yeah i i do think ellie de la cruz is should be at least a third round pick um honestly I I'm not there will be people who take him in the first round and I'm not going to say anything bad about them because I think they could easily be right on that. Yeah, they'll be betting on their guy and saying, you know what, I'm getting 2050, even if it comes with a 240. I don't care. 230. I yeah. you know, that, I think that's what the, that's what that draft pick will be saying is give me the 2050 and I will finagle the rest. I will build a batting average cushion to cover him and then what if ellie hits 255 260 then i'm crushing y'all you know something like that will be the thinking of people who want to take him that high let's move over to matt mcclain because like i said the league didn't get really a chance to uh to counterbalance him because he got hurt unfortunately but he had 16 homers 14 steals in a fantastic slash line 290 357 507 he's been amazing should he go higher than ellie so I, I mentioned this in my chat the other uh, last week because um, there's been a guy who's been asking me about Matt McLean. I'm like, hey, let me let me get some projections done. Let me, you know, it's really hard for me to kind of focus on the future in in, in an in depth way uh, mm-hmm. while I'm still so deep in the present. Um, and I still haven't done them, so I, I kind of feel bad. But uh, no, no, you're you're I, fully entrenched in the here and now. Those questions can come to me. My, my yeah. teams are done. We're playing out the strings. So you guys want to hit okay. me with the 2024 questions? Leave Justin alone for two weeks here with the future <laughs> questions. I know I'm bar- barraging him with them here on the pod, but he needs what, to stay one, focused on 2023. This, by this time next week, lineups will be set, and I, you know, it'll just be up to the gods well, yep. on whether or not you're rolling uh, them out and uh, seeing what happens at that exactly. point. Where, where, where's the where's the river card? coming for you hopefully it's the right card you know and we'll talk about this with kind of the rest of the guys we you know we have a problem in cincinnati and the problem is where does everybody play um Mm -hmm. and so like because you know a guy who's not on this list is 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 vado gone is he a free agent isn't i thought i thought he was going to be buried in cincinnati like am i wrong i i I thought he was like still on team team option yeah he's gone Oh, okay. There's no way uh, to pick that up. Put him in the front office. Hang it up. It's time. Yeah, may- maybe. Uh, but, like, India's still there. You know, we're going to talk about Spencer Steer next. Marte, mm-hmm. Strand, like, all these guys. There, There's one too many, at least one too many guys for all these spots. Someone's got to get traded. If you're the Reds, I know they would prefer to trade Jonathan India. You might get a hell of a lot more from Matt McLean. And Matt McLean does not You look- cannot trade him. Matt no. McLean, you could get an ace pitcher for a guy I mean, like Matt yes, McLean, but and like he might be the dude that ends up generating the most interest. So, um, like I don't think Strand is the guy they would trade. I think they really like Steer as a guy who can play a lot of different positions. So I don't know that wait, they want to trade him. I, I can fit all these guys. How? First base CES, second base McLean. Third, shortstop Ellie, third Where's base Indiego? Marte, DH. Can't stay healthy. Not a good defender anyway. Maybe. Maybe. maybe yeah, maybe you're right. I still think and, somebody and gets and traded. Um, I still think someone gets traded. Uh, and maybe two guys could get traded. And if one of those guys is Matt McClain, I'm, uh he's going to take a massive hit uh, not being in that oh, lineup, not being in that, that park. Suck. So, uh if, let, let's just say we get to the beginning of the season and we know for sure, you know, or get to draft season, we know for a fact he's not going to be traded, right? They trade mm-hmm. somebody else. Um, I mean, I think he's a 2020 guy with a really good batting average that hits second in one of the best young lineups in baseball. Uh, and he probably should be going in the second round. I know um, you, 
you don't want to just extrapolate the 403 plate appearances, but isn't 2020 selling Matt McClain short? He was 16, 14 and 403 plate appearances. You think he needs 200 more plate appearances to go four, six? I mean, I he, he got to go mid twenties, mid twenties with, with both of them. I think they'll be you, a little bit more conservative on him. Uh, especially until we know what the playing time situation is going to look like in Cincinnati. He also, you know, he's going to end up having missed a lot of time with an injury. Mm-hmm. You know, is that going to become a reoccurring thing for him? I, I definitely like to lean on the side of caution, but I mean, even, even a, a 20, let's say 20, home runs, 23 stolen bases with a 290 batting average. Isn't that a second round pick or pretty it's damn It's insane. Absolutely. It? Like, Especially so like, if we I think the runs and rubies are going to be nice. Yeah. I don't feel bad like saying like I'm putting 2020. Um, so uh, because I think that'll still put me in a position to get him. India uh, has to be the guy you move. He'll be first year of ARB. He'll still be cheap. You, you can still get a quality arm form. You're not going to get an ace. And yes, you'd get more from McLean. I, I'd be I'd be floored if they trade McLean. I really, really would. Um, I don't think they should, but I'm just I saying. I think they like, keep keep the young core together and, and move and move somebody like it, like an in India for a decent mid-tier arm. Um, you know, like a guy they used to have, like a Tyler Molly type. Um, not the same build, not a guy who has home run issues, but that same caliber of pitcher. I think you can I maybe mean, they get also, for an India. They don't have a lot of money on the payroll too. So, I mean, they could also mm-hmm. just like say, Hey, like Sonny Gray, do you want to come back in free agency or, yeah. you know, like go get, go get a number of guys in, in, you know, just to pitch that are veterans. Uh, to pair up with, you know, their young, they've got young pitching too. Like they also don't have to trade somebody, yeah. right? Not, not everyone has to have a guaranteed spot. There's value, you know, it hurts us, right? In the fantasy world, having to deal with it and figure out who's going to play and what. But for a real, for a real life team, it's beautiful to have that well, sort of depth. And so they might not even trade anybody. And you've got a bunch of guys on this team that can play a bunch of different spots. Exactly. Too, right? So like it's, you know, like you can just mix and match and make it work. So. Uh, yeah, maybe they don't. Spencer Steer, my guy, one, one of my yeah. best calls of the year. I've got to say, if I can, if I can brag a little bit, I'm not, I'm not bringing home many titles, so I gotta, I gotta, you know, take my my calls on on the guys who did well. I, I good thing I didn't hype up Will Myers. I almost did, and I, I backed yeah. away at the last yeah. second. You know, we decided mm-hmm. that we we talked about maybe hyping him up on a show, and then we said, you know what. Let's go with Spencer Let's, Steer. Yeah. Let's not do that. Yeah. <laughs> no, I was obsessed with both as well as many Reds. So I think my my composite reds love which included of course jake fraley and your boy tj friedel our composite reds love still benefited folks but we are very sorry for will myers we also took that hit ourselves but spencer steer i think he's pretty quietly had a great year right because of the flash of all the other guys matt mcclain coming up no um uh, ellie de la cruz even ces and uh Noel Marte, i think have a bit more cachet prospect wise than steer so he's a bit under the radar 22 14 265 with 81 ribs 68 runs i think the runs total is a little bit low for what he could do next year once this team has a full year of being an awesome offense how do you feel about steers breakout year and is he somebody you think you'd buy back in on with the price obviously being elevated quite a bit he was he was a reserve pick in the main event this year yeah he's one of those guys that like we're not going to hear enough people talk about because there are going to be a lot of people who post mortems on the rule changes um mm-hmm. and like how oh oh look at you know obviously Okunia with all those stolen bases yep. and other guys with all these stolen bases and i hope that people do the postmortems on the guys that would have stolen three bases, but ended up stealing 15 like Spencer steer, because I, I think he was one of the huge beneficiaries, especially in fantasy. Cause if, if he was a 260 batting average with 23 home runs and two or three stolen bases, would we be talking about him right now? Probably does, not. He's Those still 14, good, but it doesn't move the needle the way 14 yeah. SBs does. Yeah. Yeah. And so like, I mean, I, I think he was a huge beneficiary from that. Um, I, to me, it's going to always be about playing time with steer. Like he's, you know, it's nice that he can play so many different spots that way they can get him in. Uh, and you've got to think that a lot of, you know, these guys that, you know, like the Jake Fraley won't be back. And uh, like I said, Votto won't Wait, be why back. Wait, why won't Fraley? He's not a free agent. Oh, he's not. Oh, nah, I, he's I old. Assumed. Relative yeah, to like because he's old, yeah, yeah, because he's twenty nine, but he's only he's only an R. He's only twenty nine. Wow. Yeah, 
Um, okay, but that's I relatively like old for how yeah. long he's been on the scene, right? It feels like he always oh, a fresh yeah. 25 year old who just broke out. No, he's been around for a bit, grinding, dealing with injuries, which again, we're still there this year. And I love Jake Fraley, but, um, you know, his price will stay low, I believe, because he continues to be hurt. But yes, he'll, he should still be there. But Steer has quietly become kind of a, a, a Zobrist type, right? He plays yeah. everywhere. I don't know where he qualifies. Let's see here. He has first qualify he, everywhere. First, 60 at first. Outfit. Yeah, that's great. And if he can get four games, which I don't know that how often he's playing at second base, but if he could get four games in the next two weeks, he would get second base as well. Yeah, he, he started second base uh, last night. So Come on, um, David Bell, hook us up. And, I mean, he, he did go through, like, a stretch a week before that where he wasn't playing second base at all. But prior to that, like, he was their everyday second baseman um, prior to India coming games. back. So, oh, uh, but India's back now, huh? Yeah, you just need India to like trip over something and just yeah. let him DH. But Votto's back too, so yeah, he probably won't get it. But he will have three positions. So Steer, you mentioned the steals. Uh, we think he can stay a double-digit steal guy, right? I do. Yeah, yeah, I certainly do too. So I'm in on him. Do you think he's a single-digit round pick? I think it would be Maybe. late if so, like eight or yeah. nine. Yeah, I'm I think thinking more early, early teens mostly. Yeah. Especially as pitching gets pushed up and stuff, and uh, I, so and closers get pushed up. So, uh, but I, yeah, I, I think he is um, a totally adequate player. Like I don't like he's he's I don't think he's anything special, and I don't think it's another huge step for Steer coming. Uh, but like he's going to be at least triple eligible, maybe quadruple eligible. He contributes in power and speed. He's going to be a part of this you know fantastic lineup in a great park. Uh, in a good division to hit in, like it's not yeah. like like the like you don't outside of the Milwaukee, you know, pitchers. Like you don't look at any of the pitchers in that division where you go, oh, I'm super worried about him. And you like yeah, that park too, right? Like so, yeah, you don't want it, facing yeah. Woodruff, Burns, Peralta, but at least you get the park favor if you do happen yeah. to connect with one. You can maybe go yard off of them. Mm -hmm. um, so yeah, I, I think it will be a nice spot for Steer. I don't think he's going to be overpriced. I'm looking here. I'm trying to find a comparison from last year around that range that you're talking about. Uh, let's see here. Mount Alec Bohm didn't run, but he went 163. He actually kind of would be Alec Bohm, right? I think if we're, yeah. if we're talking about, you know, if he doesn't have those steals, we were hoping Alec Bohm. We, were, we were hoping he was going to be Alec Bohm. Like, exactly. You know? And he ended up being a, a little Bohm plus. I can't really find somebody in that range that also stole, at least not at third base. Let me see if I can find somebody at second base that kind of fits that. Like Nico Horner went 144. Jonathan India, the aforementioned, went 157. India, think, I mean, isn't a bad comp, yeah. Do we think that's somewhere where Steer is then? In the, or that's close to round 10 then for a 15-team league. Yeah, Nine, I, think that, I think that feels about right. Okay, now let's talk about the two guys that uh, haven't been around as much. They're dealing off of smaller samples, which I think should keep their prices at bay. Christian Encarnacion, Strand, and Noelve Marte. Let's talk about them kind of as a pair. Do either of them jump out to you as somebody that you're going to be targeting next year at, uh, on a discount or do you think that uh the plan I mean, issues that you raised earlier are going to keep you from going too crazy on them i mean it feels like strand is probably the everyday first baseman so it gotta be uh, right yeah i would assume so um and i think Marte is probably a fairly regular at third so um yeah i think i'm gonna be targeting both i don't think either are gonna come at a discount necessarily especially you know both are kind of finishing strong so uh I what mean, do their I prices think, look like then? Probably somewhere between 10th round and 13th round, something like that. You think they'll I be think that high? I, I think CES has a better chance to be. Yeah, but Marte's got the like the longer prospect pedigree that everybody remembers. True, but I think we're going to hear um, 30 homer talk for CES. Like the people that really yeah. like him, they're going to be talking up 30 homer potential. And so I do think he could push up closer there. I wonder if Marte might end up being a little bit sneaky cheap relative to the other guys there. Um, you're right, he does have the longer prospect pedigree as like a stud prospect, and he is a power speed guy, at least ostensibly um, 11 homers, 18 steals in the minors in 400 plate appearances and then one in six so far in the majors so um if he's if he's like if, if Nove Marte is like a 14th 15th rounder are you snapping him up everywhere I think so yeah that feels about right like you know I mean obviously I want to reserve a little bit of my judgment for, for sure. when when I've uh, done my projections um but all I, I'm not I holding have, you to this don't worry 
I'm, I'm, I think I'm going to do my hitting projections first. So I should have that them done, hopefully, you know, pretty early on in October. So, but yeah, that, that feels about right. I mean, early I like in October. Miller. That's two weeks away. You know that, right? Two, three weeks away. Don't. Well, I mean, the that beginning kind of, of October, right? Early is like before like the 10th, right? Like, so. Okay. So you're talking about like a month. I'm going to Disneyland, uh, like middle of October. I want to have my projections done. Like I, you know, You're psychotic. I respect so, it. I respect uh, it. I will not my have first, mine done by then. My first run. I will know. have rankings. I will not have the projections. So I will have projections. Well, I'm getting rankings. my rankings from. I get it. I get it. I'm actually going to do a first run projection. And then I basically want to see how much they change when I do run the projections. And so I will have something out because I want to have a ranking sheet ready for uh, first pitch Arizona. And then so I can post some of that and then I will. Once I start getting all the projections, we'll see how the guys change and I can point out, oh my God, I thought I was going to be here on this guy and he moves up 50 spots. This guy moves down 40 spots. So we'll go through all that sort of stuff. But yeah, I think Marte and CES could be a really fun ways to get pieces of the Cincinnati lineup without overpaying too much if you don't want to get in on the uh, the flashier guys. Let's talk some non-Acuna Brave stars here. We only have a few more minutes to wrap up. Yeah. But I want to talk about where you're at with some of these guys. Obviously, Acuna is going to be the number one overall in most leagues, um, probably no later than two. I mean, I think he's one or two in every single league. So we don't really have anything to discuss there. Matt Olson, we talked about him just two weeks ago, but he's, he has not slowed down at all. Is he getting enough hype for hitting 52 homers? I don't think he is. Um, like, I, I feel like he's not getting talked about nearly enough. Yeah, it, it's unreal. Every time rounder? I, I mean, he's got to be at least a second rounder, right? I think there's going to be maybe late push, first. Put him in, yeah, put him in the late first. Like, and um, if you can pair him with a guy who steals bases, like you're going to be extremely happy. Like, I mean, think of like a, um, a Strider Olsen, uh start with i don't know like harris do another brave yeah, harris, get harris in yeah. the third and just go triple braves there and you've yeah. got your ace your i didn't think about strider being a brave too. like yeah like i mean you could there are leagues like out there it's like where you just draft the whole team like yeah get like, a glacius as your closer like yeah they might not be this good next year, but I don't really see them falling off. So yeah, with Olsen, I just want to mention him again real quick because we did talk about him two weeks ago, but he's just kept it going. I think he's hit like seven or eight homers just in the two weeks since we talked about him. He was up to 52. That's crazy. Um, Harris, we did talk about him actually in that same episode, a different context, but he's also been blazing hot in the two weeks since then. He's now up to 18 homers, 20 steals with a 296 average. I think we have to take back our victory lap from no, way I'm too not taking early. it back. I, I, because how many 10 and 12 team leagues did he end up on the wire? Like you never, like, I mean, obviously in 15 team leagues, you held on to him. If you drafted but, him, text us, or I mean, uh, uh, DM us, tweet us, post yeah, it in the comments. There, there, there are you plenty of him? people who dropped him. Um, in, but in you're 10, talking main event leagues. because in leagues with IL, you didn't cut him. He was only out for 20 days. I, I almost picked him up in a number of OCs. That's crazy. Because he was so bad early on in the season. He was like, terrible. He was, he was Okay, that's fair. That's People fair. Because it wasn't just yeah. the injury. He did miss 20 days from April 28th to May 1st. But then he was hitting, Matt, Michael Harris was hitting 190 on June 11th. Yeah. I'm, I'm I'm thinking just injury. You're you're bringing up the no, underperformance no, yeah. as well. No, I, so yeah, I don't care 43 about games in to the season on June 11th, he was hitting 190, 266, 296. Okay, but here's the thing. That was a bad process to cut him. If you if you took him in the second and round, based on, you know, we talk about you don't cut guys with single digit rounds like that until deeper into the season. Corey Schwartz and um oh, what was it? Mike Ciano? That was remember. his co-host. So I, I can't remember his last name. It was Mike. But I'm thinking of Mike Ciani, who is an actual baseball player. And I yeah. want to say that uh, his last name is similar. But they used to do the Fantasy 411 way back in the day. And um, they used to have kind of a little rubric of like, you know, there's like 23 rounds and, and 26 weeks. So it's not a perfect one-to-one. -one, but basically, you work backwards of like when you should cut a guy. So you shouldn't be cutting a second-round guy for a very long time. So it's a bad process by those folks. <laughs> I'm willing to take a bit more of a mea culpa than you are on that because we were patting ourselves on the back for saying not to draft him that early. I still am glad I didn't because I wouldn't have known necessarily what to do. I would have wanted to cut him in June when it was going that poorly. But if you didn't, things went very well. But now where do you stand after an, a, another year here and an amazing summer that really puts him back on the map? He's two homers away from 2020. 
are you back in next year? Because the price is probably not going to go down much. Yeah, I mean, I probably still won't get him. Um, I, just, I do worry just how much he's Mike Ciano. I, I did get it right. Sorry, didn't mean to interrupt <laughs> you there. But I just I, I I knew I was confusing him with the baseball player, and I was like, they don't have the same name. It's Mike Ciano, Mike Ciani. Anyway, continue. You're not going to pay that price if if he's third round, Michael Harris. What do you think? Yeah, I just. You know, because and I, I want to run the numbers like where does he actually come out in terms of like money earned? Because talking about a guy with 53 RBIs and 72 runs scored, like is a lot of bat in ninth. Yeah, he and he he's not moving up the lineup. Like he's he's probably going True. to bat ninth. You know, unless someone gets injured again. So that's a good call out. Um, I I do like the five point increase uh, improvement. I should say not increase improvement in K rate from 24% to 19, because that was a big issue that we had was the poor plate skills. He didn't really add any walks though, from 4.8 to 5.1. That's basically the same walk rate, but I do like that. He's at least cut into the strikeouts a bit. Um, even if it's not that much, uh, what round do you start to get interested? That isn't, that is actually realistic. Like obviously if he's in the seventh round, we wouldn't take him, but he's not going to go there Fourth, yeah. fifth. Where you at? Uh, I think if, where, where does Harris drop to that? You would be like, I'm in fifth round, especially if I have some really big studs at the top of my draft where I go, okay, I'm getting hundred hundred in terms of runs and RBIs, like getting 50 RBIs from a guy in your first three or four rounds. Like that hurts like that. That does not help. And for only 20 steals, I need more steals than that to to take that trade off. Right. Usually if you're getting that few ribbies, it's because you're getting some rabbit who's got 40 something steals. The batting average is great, but like, um, you know, you're talking about a guy like you just look at his second half where he's been on fire, but it's still nine home runs, nine stolen bases. Like it's not like out of this world. Um, That's fair. And we still have, you know, not great plate skills, right? Like, yeah, yeah, yeah. He makes a lot of contact in the zone, but he also swings outside of the zone a ton. 42% O swing. Um, that's that's big. Like that's scary. Um, and I think you could still feel those huge ups and downs. So, yeah, I'm probably they're going to be people more excited about Michael Harris than me. Um, and, you know, maybe if he does fall into fifth round, I'll be, you know, fine with taking him. But like, I'm also not going to be like jumping for joy that I got him in the fifth round. I think that's that, that's all completely fair with regards to Michael Harris. Uh, Austin Riley basically repeated last year. And that was after a bit of a slow start. And he was a top two round pick last year. Does he go there again? Just what, because he repeated, or does he get pushed out by newcomers? Austin Riley, what do you think? I think there's a chance he gets pushed out by newcomers, especially because he doesn't offer anything really in speed. I mean, he stole three bases so far this year. Yeah, you can't imagine he's going to steal more than one or two rest of the way. So, um, but I mean, the lack of depth at third base, like it's meaningful, right? Like mm-hmm. to get 40 home runs from your third baseman, like there's just not that many guys that can do that for you. So, uh, and endeavors. I mean, I think they're the same guy, right? They like, really I mean, are. Yeah, I agree. You know, like, so either or, like whoever, whoever falls to me. Um, Let one get taken. That's your signal to yeah, take the other type of deal. Exactly. I mean, I, I took Austin Riley in the second round of my main. I'm happy with that pick. Absolutely. Okay. And I don't think you're going to have to pay a second round next year. Yeah. I really do think he gets pushed down a little bit by the newcomers to where he's a third rounder through no fault of his own. And then you're just happy to kind of take that solid ass production there. Um, Sean mm-hmm. Murphy absolute stud. I know the playing time has been a thing that's been bothering people, understandably. Uh, we knew it was going to come down. It's, it's 200 fewer plate appearances, but he actually added two homers and a ribby. That's how bad Oakland is and how good Atlanta is. Is Sean Murphy a top three catcher for you next year? I mean, I think he has to be, right? Yeah, who, who else would be there? there? Yeah, I mean, well, Real Adley and Real Muto. Yeah, that's it. Like, I mean, Will Smith? I mean, I think Will Smith belongs in the conversation, but I, I think he probably ends up below. Uh, I'll, I'll know probably this time next week because I think I'll have my catchers. You'll done. start with I'll catchers? Probably, yeah. I'll probably start with catchers. So, um, William but, Contreras uh, is the number one catcher, by the way, on the player Raider. Are you surprised to hear that? Because I, I was I, very surprised I am a, to just I see am that. a little surprised, yeah. He plays a lot, though. I mean, he, and, you know, and 283 average is really helping yeah. there with 16 mm-hmm. homers, 73 ribs, 77 runs, four steals. And you mentioned the playing time, 554 plate appearances. That's really nice for him. And then the last guy, Marcelo Zuna's bitch ass. Again, we got to got to bring him up here. He's had an excellent season. What, where where's he go forward here? Is Marcelo Zuna like back on the fantasy radar in a big way uh, with this with this smash season? 
and, mm. and he has uh he's still under contract yeah i mean you gotta think like he's they're probably i mean he's had just such a great season like i and i don't think he's gonna be overrated by no i mean 35 home runs with a 266 batting average i know you get zero speed from him but he hits in the middle of Arguably the best line of baseball. I don't even know if it's arguably. It is the best. It's line not of arguable. Baseball. Not right yeah, now. He's the seventeenth outfielder this year, in between Jordan Alvarez and Josh Lowe, um, on yeah. the player Raider. Like insane season, and I don't think Ozuna will be anywhere near the seventeenth outfielder off the board. Yeah, I mean, like the the average is pretty legit. He's got a two seventy six xba, so um, you know, it makes uh, makes you know league average zone contact doesn't swing out of zone too much. You know, swing strike rates only twelve percent. Like I, I think this is kind of who he is. And in a weird, you know, now that we've we've added all these stolen bases with rule changes, we now have this kind of era of baseball where these guys are a lot more valuable than they were just two or three years ago. Um, you know, guys who can hit thirty home runs, uh, even if they don't steal any bases. So I'll be interested to see where the market puts him. But like, he probably should be going, you know, around round 10 round 11 um and top and 150 picks and he probably won't because he's older um and he doesn't steal bases and so it's kind of a team construction issue on whether or not you're even willing to draft a guy right there so and, and uh, we don't have to ignore the fact that his off the field is going to make some people not want to draft yeah. marcelo Zuna, and that's their choice other people say like i you know i'm not condoning anything he does by drafting him and so they will draft him but other people they just want to draft people that they can root for, so they're not going to have them. That will lower Marcelo Zuna's price, uh, at least in certain leagues. So that'll be interesting to see. I mean, he had a killer season, and I don't think anybody really saw this coming because he looked yeah. cooked. And when guys like this, it's like when these unathletic guys look cooked, you just think there's no coming back from it. It's hard to see, like, how does this return? But here he is, 35 bombs, 82 ribs, 266. Hell of a season. Hell of a season. That yeah. Atlanta team is so sick. But anyway, um, I might try to come up with something, a little group of players for each team, and then we can kind of go mm. through them. Because uh, these these three topics just kind of hit me randomly. I was like, well, now we got these two, three uh, teams of, of collections here. Maybe I, maybe I can come up with something for every team where they have a collection of players at a position or, or a type or something that we can discuss. But You can skip my Giants. <laughs> a platoon guys would be there would be their yeah, collection. Exactly. here's yeah. five guys to play against lefties in dfs yeah. or something here's here's five guys in their early to mid 30s that <laughs> yeah. might play half the season so. exactly you can get a sick 80 games from these guys mm -hmm. all right justin i know you need to go do your chat great talking with you good luck i know we'll be on the text in uh, g chat line uh, mm -hmm. all throughout these next couple weeks here but bring home these titles man good luck to you I'm gonna try uh take it easy